I'm here today chatting with Sarah Valentine Ball. Sarah is from Propolis Process Solutions. Sarah is an absolute expert in, in going into companies and affecting change and looking for extra functionality within the, the company's processes. Uh, I think Sarah can actually give a far better explanation though than, than, than I can. Sarah, welcome to Business Questions. Good afternoon, thank you, David. Yeah, Propolis Process Solutions, we're an organisation who works with a wide variety of organisations to help them gain a solid foundation. So clear processes and procedures within the organisation, clear roles and responsibilities. And the bit that will really interest people is effectively that brings you a better bottom line. So saves you time and money, giving you far better profit. Uh, so that's, that's a very quick synopsis of, of what we do. Uh, absolutely. And I think it's probably worthwhile actually just um, giving a, a little synopsis. I love the word synopsis um, about your history, just so we, um, the, the viewers know where your history and where you've come from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So my background is very much from a audit compliance type arena initially. So I did five years within the NHS in accounts and internal audit and then moved into a banking environment where I was fortunate enough to see a different sector and different organization every other day so one day I could be at a printer's the next day I could be at an abattoir the next day I could be injection molding um, the list is endless through sheet metal recruitment you name it we we got to see it and that was very much involved me going into a business and understanding how they worked all the way from um, orders from customers through to delivery of service or products within the first couple of hours of being on site and then really do undertaking an audit to make sure that the, the bank was secure in, in the funds they were lending. And actually, I, you held quite a senior position with the bank as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, I was um, audit exec and client manager in the bank, and then I moved into a company called Direct Group, and we sat between um, the insurers and their um, customers, providing a good um, a service on claims handling customer management where initially I was head of compliance and risk and ultimately director of operations looking after two large call centers um, working on it on a basis of seven till 10 7 a.m till 10 p.m within that arena and went during my time with direct group we grew from 76 through to leaving at 1500 so quite a significant change during that time yeah. As part of that, it's critical to have those those good foundations in place and support that growth. No, absolutely. Um, so let, let's actually talk about the, the process and what, what, what you do. Um, a company approaches you. What, what's your actually role? You go into the company and what are you looking at and what mistakes do you commonly find? So we'll start off with sort of giving a, a layman's view on, on what a process is, really, David. A lot of people think that it's something that's massively complex. It's not, it, in its simplest form, it's, it's documenting what you do and how you do it, um, and also understanding why you do it. Uh, my favorite word when I'm out with clients is why. So really understanding the root cause or the, the root reason that people undertake a specific task. Um, so we'll spend time with people. Um, very often management haven't got capacity to think about how their organization is currently working. They're too busy doing their 
their day-to-day -day job, but they know that there's a, potentially a smarter way of doing things um, or, or actually want to grow, don't necessarily have the capacity or the, the finances to have more staff on board. So we'll document what people are doing. And as part of that time, as I say, we ask the question why and look for ways in which they can be more effective. Um, cut out duplication. Some of the key things we will find are systems that are in the company that aren't being used properly. We might find that the accounts aren't linking. So actually, how, how can we, what can we automate and what can we remove the duplication for you? And what, what mistakes do you commonly find in, in businesses which you go into? Yeah, the biggest ones um, tend to be, there's, there's four areas that, that we find um, generally. The first one is there's, there's no clear processes and it, the impact of that is not just on the way your customers are perhaps treated because they're not all treated in a consistent way, but there's no clarity about roles and responsibilities, which is why you find that people are wasting time sending lots of CC emails to people to try and get to the bottom of, of the situation. Um, the second one is not you companies are sold a great solution or what they perceive to be a great solution. It could be a customer relationship management system. It could be an accounting system, but they don't have opportunity to really understand how to get the best out of that solution. Time and time again, I will go into an organization. Um, I'm not a marketeer. I don't look at the marketing side. It's very much from the point that you land an inquiry. People will forget to call Call potential customers back they'll not follow up on opportunities because they're not using their their software to its full advantage and that can include adding in reminders i suppose we've covered there two of the key things being process roles responsibilities and and maximizing systems but also following on from that can be team people start with organization but they then don't get trained on how to do their job um, that's easily supported by having documented processes because then you've not got to have somebody babysitting them all the time but giving a, a new employee an overview of the business understanding their role their responsibilities and how they do their job and often why they do their job and putting it together within their their organization and i'm guessing one of the reasons why there aren't any processes documented is that the the owners of the business are actually too busy running the the business to actually do that so is absolutely. that something you would actually help them with to implement the, the the process yeah yeah absolutely so you're quite right people are struggling for time um they want to grow they're too busy dealing with customers or opportunities and therefore don't have that fresh set of eyes to sit back and look at what's happening um below them or or within their team so actually we'll come in and we'll spend that time with the team, not necessarily with management, because they're the ones that are doing the job day to day. Um, and it could just be a couple of administrators. So I, I worked with an insurance broker a couple of months ago. It was himself, um, an accounts person, another advisor, an administrator, and really pulled together what all of them were doing because they were working off spreadsheets. How can we make that, that more effective and, and simpler? Um, all the way through to larger organizations, but sitting with the team is key. We'll document everything down. We'll pull through some recommendations. And some of those are often very, very quick wins. Um, as simple as don't put the paperwork, paperwork shouldn't go from A, B to C. It should just go from A to C. Um, but also recognizing that so many of our clients are time pressured. They want to grow the business. They want to find, get more um, value out of the business and, and ultimately generate more profit. 
we will help on a part-time basis, support them in the delivery of change as well. And when we're required to train their team on their systems. And when they've been brave enough to actually make the move, and we're big advocates here at Business Questions of actually companies letting go in outsourcing, especially in areas where they don't have expertise. What reports have you had coming back of how the changes um, you've implemented have, have uh, really helped the bottom line of the company? Yeah, I mean, a good couple of examples I've re we've received this week. One um, was from a mortgage broker, actually, who has been able to put their vision onto paper. They haven't got time to actually look at the process. We supported them with some system improvement and they've now been able to recruit um, administrators and take the pressure off the advisors so the advisors can get out and do more, which gives them ultimate bottom line benefit. But also um, a couple of recent examples working with a organization who had a significant number of credit notes. Um, credit notes often lead to poor customer experience or have come from poor customer experience or product, which means you can lose that customer but also you lose that turnover. And we worked with the organisation to understand the root cause of their credit notes, implemented some clear processes and actually saved them in the region of about £40,000 a year, which is far more than we cost them in, um, in the work that we did, um, excessively more. So it's, it's really good to see the benefits and, and feel those improvements. Um, well, and yeah. also, sorry. Oh, I was just sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, you know, £40,000, if that's compounded up over 10 years, you know, that's uh, well, it's a number of mem that could be a, a member of sales staff, another exactly. advisor, especially that £40,000 yeah. saving actually could translate into £150,000 on their on their bottom line quite easily. Massively. And the other um, key thing is that whole induction process for new starters, because we help identify the processes and give them clarity about roles and responsibilities. A lot of our clients find that their staff turnover reduces, so they've not got that wasted time and energy and cost in recruiting on a, on a regular basis, training on a regular basis, just to lose those people, because there is a very hidden sunk cost around recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. I think the churn rate and really improving that is, is absolutely critical. Such an expensive and time-consuming process to, 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 to do. So one of the other things you, you do when visiting a company, Sarah, is look at ways they can increase their, their productivity. Tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So we've got two, um, whilst I very much focus on the back office customer journey, um, paperwork journeys within an organisation, not that I see much physical paperwork, but though what we would have historically seen as paper, um, my business partner also works on the manufacturing side. So we are both looking with all of our, our work on the productivity within an organisation, applying um, what people know as potentially as lean. Um, so looking at what is the waste in the organisation, particularly around time. So how do we cut down time taken to undertake work and where is there um, duplication issues within, within the work? Um, very often where people are under a lot of pressure, it leads to poor quality. They're rushing, they're not talking to each other. Your inbox is filling up with queries that you never get to. Um, and that endemically leads to poor, poor customer experience. Now, if we can um, pull away some of those barriers for people very quickly, you can generate capacity for people to think, to spend time with their customers um, and ensure that they, they have clear ownership of activities. Productivity 
increases can often be measured really well. Um, so we always encourage our clients to have key performance indicators, particularly where you have a lot of people involved in, in processes. So understanding how many widgets, for example, the department is generating in that day and how can then looking at opportunities to improve and see that improvement and feel that improvement in terms of both um, time capacity and, and bottom line. One of the um, other issues we often see with organisations is you spend an awful lot of money on marketing. You get a great number of new leads into the business, but then you hit a bottleneck because you can't deliver that product. So um, making sure you've got the capacity within your organisation before doing a, a really large marketing activity is always good to do. It means that you can deliver and support your customer expectations. Yeah. Or you can outsource that to a, a, a third party company who can look after those initial inquiries. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I have is that whilst I used to try and manage it all, all myself, I have a great admin outsource that now supports me on my um, management of customers to make sure I keep on top of everybody, um, make sure that everybody gets what they need when they need it. And we use a system to do that. Um, but she's also there supporting with that work making sure that everybody gets gets their expected expected needs absolutely we actually did an interview um which got published very recently um with a company called lemon um who yeah they're an outsourcing company and they have something like two million inbound calls they look after um a year yeah. and the stories you hear about the, the how the companies are actually benefiting because those sales leads aren't just getting lost in the system because they're people are too undated in the inbox or on their in their messages it's such a worthwhile investment in the right um the right instance and what and about um waste within a, a a company that's something else you, you look at perhaps you could just clarify yeah. that element of what you do so if we will look at it in two areas if we can david the first one is very much around production so um, we'll spend time on, on factory floors, looking at um, how widgets are made. Um, I'll use that term because it's, it's one that we all know. Um, how the flow of the machine works, where, how the product moves around the factory floor, change over times. And also simple things like how many screws are being dropped on the floor? And are they just being swept up and chucked in the bin? Um, so really analysing where there's there's waste. I've seen in some factories whereby that is what happens, and we've got in the region of about two thousand screws that have just been swept up and put in the foot in the bin. Now that may only have felt to the people doing the the job like sort of two pounds, but when you start adding that two pounds up a day, it soon starts to build up. And, and screws is a really simple example. Um, the order that um, product goes through to save you wasting time on changeovers that that side of things is something we pick up and also ways to maximize your raw materials so you've not got great big bags of um, plastic or wood or um, extrusion going out the door what's the what's the best way of managing managing that if we look at it then on the people side i know that i that people will who don't understand something clearly will waste a lot of time in not getting straight to the job hence hence the process needs but also why have an administrator who doesn't understand accounting trying to do the books you're better off as you say outsourcing something like that so that it costs you a lot less money um, ultimately you get better advice and then you've got your administrator back to do 
day-to-day work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine also on the, if you have a manufacturing company, even the time it takes an employee to go from one station to another station, it could be a 15 meter walks, but if he's doing that hundred yeah. times a day, actually there's probably efficiencies to be made there. Absolutely. Yeah, we do want to make, a lot of our work involves observation where we can appreciate it during COVID, that's not always been possible. So we've done a very much more blended approach, um, actually delivering excuse me, lean training over the phone to people, but getting them to think about movement around the factory, both in terms of people and product, um, how you are moving, how you stop stocking up some of those goods as well. So we worked with an organization who were new into production. Um, product was perhaps, I don't know, 10 months old, but they'd across various stations within their factory, they'd just got piles of raw materials or partially finished goods. So no clear flow through the organization. So you've got a, a cash hold there because you've got um, a lot of stock, uh, be it raw materials or partially completed. You've not got a finished product to go out to the customer, but you've also got a lot of waste as people zigzag back across the factory. So it is quite, I guess developing a process is almost going back to when you used to join a company 30 or 40 years ago, you might've had a, a handbook given to mm. you. Yeah. And then yeah. nowadays, how often would you um, suggest a new software system to be implemented? It's very often people have got software in their organisation. They're just not maximising the use of it. Um, we will occasionally look at suggesting things like CRM to people, um, but also where you've dependent on the size of the organisation. And we've worked with, as I alluded to, insurance brokers, mortgage brokers who are perhaps two or three people strong, all the way through to large corporates. Um, it always depends on their scenario. A lot of people have invested a lot of money into systems and just have never had the time to understand how to maximise the use of that. What we do find ourselves doing is researching how we perhaps come across a, a process um, that is not effective in the way it's being done and question as to why they're not using their machines or their systems to to undertake that work so we will speak to the software organizations and understand how that can be adapted we also work with some organizations who have their own bespoke software so we'll help them scope out and spec what's needed to make life easier yeah i'm a great one for analogies i'm thinking now i'm i'm, I'm a car guy and it's like buying a, a track specific car to do track days on. Um, so you've got a car, but they're not actually taking instruction on how to maximize the, the, what that car can actually do. You know, you yeah. spend all that money, then it's that last 10%, that last 20% would actually make a fundamental difference to your enjoyment or how much you can, you can grow. Um, how much resistance do you find in family firms from change? I mean, obviously, they've, they've got you in for a purpose. They need to make change. But is there yeah. still resistance in, in that and in actually getting, getting it started? One of the key requisites for working on your processes has to be that desire to, to want to change, to know that there's opportunity. Um, and if you've got people with a firm mindset of we've done it this way, we've always done it this way, we don't want to change, it's very difficult. Yes, we do come across a lot of people who can't see the purpose for training, changing, 
but generally those are the people that are so busy they can't see the wood for the trees so taking that step back and working with them um, and just sort of explaining what we're trying to achieve always helps to get that positive result in terms of mindset change I worked with a lady in, a, in an accounts department who was 67 didn't use the accounting software properly didn't even know how to use excel properly um, which which was quite worrying as they were in an accounts team and had been for 30 years but actually she had never actually given a chance self chance to learn and we're all about needing to continually learn how to maximize what's around us be it how to minimize plastic in our life and what the best tips are for that through to actually using our our resources around us in our day-to-day -day or in our in our business world so it, it is about taking that time and investing 15, 20 minutes with an individual, understanding what the barriers are, understanding their nervousness about change. And sometimes that really helps you understand why they're not using the system because they can't see that their systems will, will help them. Um, and also, as you say, with family businesses, you've got people who have been there for a long time. Um, they've made a, a fantastic business. But it's future proofing that actually what's your exit strategy if you've had, got a long standing family business, you need to get rid of some of that information out of your head so that somebody else can buy it from you and, and reap the same rewards you have and, and for yourself to maximize that reward from a sale or a, an MBO to your team. Yeah. So we, will you actually help companies um, in terms of change management? We all know there's sometimes a lot of resistance, especially with mm -hmm. long term employees to change. Do you help companies do that? And, and how do you go about that if you do? So we can do. Um, we will work with them as, as much as we can on change, often utilising some of our associates. Very much, for me, that is around the training piece. So firstly, getting the information out of somebody's head is a challenge. Once we've got that information out of somebody's head, it's then almost the Lewin's unfreeze, freeze, uh, sorry, unfreeze, change, refreeze models, whereby you have to change somebody's thinking and give them all the benefits and the reasons why it will make their life better. It's not about me. When I go into an organization, my, my mission and my value is to help you be a better organization. So actually, how can we help that individual recognize and appreciate the benefits of change? Um, ordinarily, before having those discussions, we always make sure we speak to the management as well to ensure that there's, there's full buy-in from everybody. Um, but training, having open forums, and I am known to do a SWOT session with the team. Um, so perhaps four or five individuals that are working in the offices, pull those in, um, get rid of management and, and let them tell me what's working, what's not working. Um, a lot of that stuff I will find naturally through sitting with individuals, but it's nice for them to get it off the chest. They also feel they've been listened to. And then when some of the ideas involve things that they've mentioned, you tend to find you get better buy-in. Yeah. So is that one of the, the uh, perhaps a, a core problem in, in lots of companies that management aren't listening to the, the employees enough? Sometimes, yeah, especially when people are looking to do new systems, implement new systems. They're very much focused about what will be great for the organisation without understanding what's happening at the bottom end. So um, it is a large example uh, in terms of a client of mine who were looking at a new recruitment solution where everybody had to apply for their job with this, um, whether they liked it or not. 
what wasn't considered by the management that was shouted about very quickly when um, the team started to be involved um, was the fact a lot of the employees spent, were, well, 15% of the employees were either over 60 or foreign speaking and didn't have a smartphone. Right. Um, so it's, that's why it's so important to engage with your team early on. Um, sadly, I wasn't involved at the beginning of that project. I got pulled in to do the training at the end. So we had to then look at, at the solutions. Um, but it is really important to listen to the team. They're the ones that are doing the day-to-day. -day. Um, the other fundamental for me is complaints analysis. doesn't matter how big or small your organisation is, you will be getting grumbles or concerns from, from your customers. Listen to them. Um, they all by understanding where you, what's why you are getting complaints you can quickly enhance your your processes you can listen to your customers and also give them the feedback to say thanks very much you've enlightened us to something we weren't aware of they feel valued then as a customer so i mean give me use that as an example give me an idea of a process to deal with customer complaints yeah so um one that we worked with recently whereby um we were getting at the my client um, was getting concerned about the level of um, cancelled orders they were getting because of uh, well number of credit notes um, and number of complaints they were getting around their delivery procedures and they had an awful lot of goods that were either being cancelled before they had left them or items that were that the customer was saying was not up to scratch so we went back through all of the issues that had been all the complaints that had come in and spent time with them understanding what was the process before it hit the point it went out to the customer so there was a, a bit of an issue with the production side there was an also an issue getting it from production to dispatch and then the dispatch processes were not clear and consistent um, so they weren't using the systems properly again no training from the, the provider um, and as soon as we started to get on top of that, the, um, the trust pilot reviews went up, um, the customers were happier with their products, there was no stock sitting around waiting to be dispatched. So it was a win-win for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that never ceases to amaze me is the lack of training that a systems provider will give to their clients. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find um, when you go, do you also help with team building when the organisations, they come as one to work as a in the process in the system? Breaking silos down is is a really important facet of, of what we do. Um, very often you will have an, a classic example yesterday. Um, customer buys a good, wants it to be delivered. They get palmed off from the purchase from the, who they bought it from to the, the transport team um, to arrange dispatch, who then palm them off to accounts. And the three departments didn't actually know what each other did. Um, and again, it was causing some issues. So by pulling that team together, um, we've been able to streamline everything. Everybody knows what goes on and where the bottlenecks could be now so they can be clearer with the customer as to expectations so yeah we we can do that we don't run team working workshops but very much helping organizations to start working as a team uh, we had a manufacturing organization as well um, whereby we we implemented something called pads so a pads group which was production admin customer services and stores so really get 
dispatching stores, sorry, pulling them together just to really work as a what are the issues because they were sending sending each other 15, 20 emails a day and it was going to all four parties. So actually, let's get you in a room. Let's understand what's causing issues. And as a group, resolve some of those issues. Yeah, so yeah it's always absolutely. Team engagement and cross-department discussions are vital. And that's one of the things that a lot of people are missing with COVID because you're all at home. You can't just poke your head up above your desk and go, what about this scenario? No, exactly. So, I mean... What would you give? If you had to give three pieces of advice to, to companies on developing a process, what would they what would they be? I'm putting you on the spot here, I know. <laughs> Very much engage with the, pe the people or person doing the job um, and ask them to talk you through step by step what it involves doing. If you've got three or four people doing the same job, speak to all of them. You'll probably find they all do something differently. Um, reflect on that process once you've got those steps down reflect on what they're doing, reflect at the same time on the systems you've got going, well, why, you might find that you say, well, why does our system not send that reminder? Or why does that, why does our system not send that through to production or service delivery um, or even dispatch? And then sort of look at methodology, look at where the duplication is as well. So by identify, I often will spend time both with, with two or three departments to see where the duplications are coming in. But also probably number three is then look at that process and look at the interactions with other departments to see if there is something that's causing issues or could be done better with those other departments. Stroke Hello. people. Thank you very much indeed. Is there anything else um, you would like to, to add? Any sort of gold nugs information that we haven't gone over? Um, I think for me, it's just when you are when you are growing, we very often overlook the importance of understanding what our team are doing. Team will adjust as they see fit and never really be given time to take that step back and look at whether there's a better way of doing things. So if you're about to win your next big contract or, or you have grown massively over the last six months, actually spend some time with your team and find out what is working and what isn't working for them. Um, and it could be as simple as training. It could be as simple as understanding the system or it could be that they're not clear on what their roles and responsibilities are. We know as organisations grow, individuals' roles will morph into different shapes and sizes. So there might be opportunity to take a step back and look at, look at what your team are doing. Oh, thank you very much indeed. That's been, been really, really useful. And I'm sure the viewers are actually going to get a, a lot from that, uh, especially those who are struggling and they know they should affect change um, and, and put processes into place, but just haven't got around to, to do it. Hopefully now that they will. I'm going to put your, your website um, on the screen now for people to see. And also it's in the notes. Um, please do like this video. Please do share this uh, video. We really want to help as many companies as we possibly can. And um, yeah, thank you very much in, indeed, Sarah. No problem. Thank you very much for your time, David.